You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Alrighty, now let's go around the grounds routes. It's, uh, it's not real busy at the moment, but I was intrigued by this. The AFL have released, I'll say this in inverted commas, terms of reference for the Hawthorne investigation. I pose the question, how does the AFL dictate the terms of reference if this is to be an independent investigation? Well, this, now, is, this has been the key point since this began. So the AFL appointed the panel. Mm-hmm. So well, hang on, the AFL appoints an independent panel. Is it still independent? Then the AFL sets the term of reference for this panel. Now, is that still independent? And then we've heard that the players that have made the accusations say they're not going to be interviewed or talk to people that are appointed by the AFL. Correct. So this is where perception reality. Now, at some Mm. stage you say, hang on, the AFL has to be seen as responsible here. But is the better process saying you go, even so, you're still going to have your hand in one part of the process, aren't you? Once you say you're going to be involved. Do they, as happened at West Coast, you go and appoint a, a retired Supreme Court justice and say, this is your, like Royal Commission, you pick your panel members, you pick yep. your terms of reference, you pick your timelines, we'll just accept your report. That would be as close as to full independence as you can be. But when you've got the AFL picking the panel, AFL setting the terms of reference, you go, oh, is this really independent? Now, you get some reassurance when you read uh, the terms of reference, which include all participants being able to share their perspectives, which is the way it should be. Every, yep. This was the major problem of the Hawthorne investigation. How you can only have one side of the story, and Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson as two of the key men who have been hit by this, not a, not being interviewed, not having their perspective. Farcical in. comes to mind. Exactly. So, and okay. damaging. But as the point you made, some of the participants are saying, well, if the AFL's got its hand on this, we don't want to be a party to it. Mm. That's an issue for them. The other one is if you reach a point, like we've seen in those racism reports, particularly uh, Damien Monkhurst and Michael Long, wasn't it? That was, yes, that was, yeah, the that was going back a while ago. So yeah. there's the opportunity for mediation. So all of a sudden, if you, the panel's going, well... This is getting a bit too tense between the two parties, the story. We, we're going to have to send them away for mediation. Otherwise, we'll never get to the resolving. That's probably a good step too. The one that I find interesting is they say the report will be released publicly, but it doesn't really tell you what that means. No. So is it, is it, you're not expecting the full report to suddenly land on your desk when it ends, do you? I mean, I know West Coast did a, a pretty good job. Remember the famous... Don't you legally have access to that? No, because it's not a it's not a public entity like the Supreme Court or a uh, any sort of public entity where you say Freedom of Information Act. That's mm. that's not the way this one works. So I'll be intrigued as to how much of that is publicly released, or whether they say because of confidentiality, these bits have been blacked out. 
So that's going to be an interesting test for the AFL. I said before, out of every negative, you can find a positive. Let's hope they find one here. I Call me a cynic. I think there'll be a lot of box ticking that goes on. No, so We'll keep you up no, to date. I imagine there'll be a lot of change, Kim. And we've, well, I hope so. I, if, I in think, fact, these things are accurate. I think you'll get to the but point. But you don't know if they are. No, but I think we'll get to the point where key meetings like the ones that involved Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan, I wouldn't be surprised they now become recorded from now on. So when there is an issue of dispute... That's a different point, yes. I, I think there'll be a yeah. lot of changes in process. Well, I think there's a lot of workplaces where that may become uh, come applicable. Now, the other interesting one will be, if it involves Indigenous players and the need to understand Indigenous culture, will we then reach the point that if an Indigenous player comes in and has an issue to discuss or is called in, that there be an elder, whether it be an elder in the group or an elder from outside also there to be alongside them to help them through the pro I think there's going to be a lot of procedural change. All right. We know it's a big deal. It uh, is. I know that some people find it tedious as well. We'll move on, Roach. Uh, there's going to be another father-son at Brisbane. They won't have enough points. They so don't, who have we got now? They don't need them, Roach. No, not with a Category B. Yes. Uh, this is uh, um, uh, Michael McLean. So he yeah, has a magic. son who's a basketballer. Yeah, so he's been that's out of the system for to, three years. Ah, that's a yes. handy way to come through the system, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, because they need all their points to get Ashcroft and... Um, 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 so Fletcher, the other one? Oh, who's the other one? Fletcher? Yes, it is. Fletcher, Sorry, right. just reading a story coming through. Uh, an, oh, another delisting route. West Coast has cut Zach Langdon. 110 now. From its list after just 25 games for the Eagles. Langdon joined the club at the end of the 2020 season. After three seasons at GWS, I thought he was going to make it. He was a handy small forward. In exchange for pick 54, he played 56 games overall in what has been an injury-interrupted mm. career. wonder if he'll no. get a second chance. And before we go to a break, uh, let's go to perhaps what is the big story at the moment. That is uh, Ross Lyon. He mm. had his third meeting with St Kilda. And surprise, surprise, you see him there, you see no, you see him here, you see him there, you see him absolutely bloody everywhere. Tom Brown popped up to doorstop Ross as he was coming out of the building. Are you here for a board meeting or are you going to get appointed? Or? Yeah, hey, I'm going to meet the board, so just part of the... Have you got the job? Stepping through the... Hip. I couldn't have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I'll see you when you come out. Thanks, mate. See you, Ross. Uh, you might have heard that amid the laughter. Have you got the job? It's a fair enough question. Ross thought it was funny. Yes. Well, going to meet the board is a pretty critical step in all this now. Very affable, it? Ross, now. So what do we make of the process St Kilda's going through? They have their man, don't they? They're just now wanting to get through the terms and an understanding of what's going to be required by both parties, sure. Um, let's, we'll hear from someone that's been a little bit closer to it than us. Now, Ernie Merrick, who most people would know through the World Melbourne Game, Victory. Melbourne Victory, a very, very successful coach, has been a mentor for Brett Ratton at uh, St Kilda. So he was interviewed today on Waitley. He had a lot of interesting things to say. So we'll go to a break, Rooch, and we'll hear from Ernie Merrick. <laughs> All right, Rooch, you asked a question. How do you think how do you think the sacking went at St Kilda? And, and the said, process yeah. to also hire Ross Lyon. I said, let's go to someone a little more qualified. Ernie Merrick has been employed as a mentor to Brett Ratton over the last couple of years. Now, he's the former coach of Melbourne Victory. Uh, this is Ernie on Waitley talking about how closely he worked with Brett Ratton. My contract uh, with St Kilda, uh, I had to spend three days a week roughly at the club. So pre-match preparation the day before, the preview of the game, implementation of the, the, uh, the training programme 
to to devise a, a plan for the match. I, I spent the match day in the box. It was very difficult to sit there and observe and take it all in and not be able to say anything. That was the hardest thing for me as a coach. Yep. I wanted to make decisions, but I didn't. And uh, and the review the day after the game, the first training day after the game I attended. So three days a week from pre-season through to round 21. All right, I'm going to go through a few of his comments, Roach, and then we'll get to the final question he was asked by Jared, And that was, uh, in his time in sport, how does he rank the sacking of Brett Ratton? I think you'll be interested in the answer. Uh, this was when he was asked about what type of coach he thought Brett Ratton was. I would say he's one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. And um, he's very modern. He has got great skills in coaching and, and winning respect and in developing players, he's got a thorough knowledge of the game. His expertise is outstanding, and that was evident early on in the season when he had more of a full squad before the injuries occurred. When at halftime, he'd often make key decisions that changed the result. Many times did they go in at halftime behind the opposition, and they came out on top. But you get worn down eventually with your lack of experience in midfield, your injuries to senior players like Ryder Gresham. Billings, Jack Hayes, he lost his tall players. It, it just makes life very difficult. I, as I say, first year victory, first half of the season, we were nearly top of the league, I think. We beat the, the ultimate champion, Sydney, 5-0 at home. And then I lost Archie Thompson to PSV Eindhoven. I had two or three injuries. I had inexperienced midfielders that couldn't last the pace over time. And uh, I needed to add three players, which I did with... Uh, um, um, Fred um, I brought Musket into midfield Brent brought in Roddy Vargas and uh, it made such a difference having a second pre-season under our belt and uh, a bit of longevity with Jeff Lord supporting me. So he makes a good argument for why they finished where they were and it's clear that he's a supporter of Brett Ratton so the obvious question follow-up question from Jared was well why couldn't St Kilda see what the plan was? In my opinion, it came down to this the expectation of the personality and role of the coach and the old-fashioned style of being an authoritarian sort of dictator and laying down the law all the time. And that style of coaching went out 20, 30 years ago. I know because I was part of it. When I coached the old NSL, I was an authoritarian dictator and ruled through fear and it's it's not successful. It certainly can't last in the long term. And uh, in modern coaching, and I'm working currently with Olympic level coaches as a, as a mentor at Victorian Institute of Sport. The best coaches are the ones that build good relationships with players and staff, have a, a sound plan in their mind, a strategic direction, and they implement it. And it takes time to do that. And that's what I'm saying. Three years is just not enough time, especially in football, where you can't go and sign a hundred million dollar. Uh, Van Dyke, Van Dyke type player for Liverpool. So that, that confirms everything Pete Ryan told us when we spoke to him from the age on Friday that we asked, well, what was the knock on Brett Ratton? And his report was that he was well-connected, well-supportive, well-meaning mm. to the players, and yet it's included, like St Kilda, like Ernie Merrick says, wanted a dictatorial coach. Well, they're going to get one now. Well, uh, Ernie Merrick was asked about his thoughts on Ross Lyon. Well, I'm not aware of what they're going to do now. Um, as you are aware, I've spoken with a lot, I've shared ideas with a lot of AFL coaches over the years, and 
spoken at functions and um, and end of year uh, conferences. And um, part of uh, one at one stage, I, I spent a bit of time with Ross Lyon at Fremantle. He asked me to come up there, and I know that Ross Lyon's a very good coach. And uh, but I'm not sure that it's the change is going to make the difference. It's really the stability and the recruitment of high quality players and sticking with the same coach for a period of time who shows and proves what he can do like Brett. But I've certainly got nothing bad to say about Ross. Oh, that goes to the key, isn't it? List management is so, so important now. Yeah, I don't think anyone said they were moral for the top eight last year, did they? No, no, they weren't. I wouldn't be doing cartwheels over their list. And they did have injuries, as uh, Ernie yep. said. All right, let's get to the million-dollar question. Ernie was asked where this sacking ranks in his time in sport. It's one of the worst I've seen. And um, I was part of the review process the day before he was sacked. And I consider the decision was already made. And I was just, you know, ticking a, a box to check on my belief of his performance. The difference is in soccer, when you're sacked from the English Premier League, you walk away with $20 million yep. and six months of salary. So, when, in fact, I'd yeah. love to get sacked from an English Premier League club. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, there is that. There is that. Well, you I think do move a, on to another job very quickly too. I don't know if I like that, uh, that new ruling for clubs that are financially supported and it's just six months. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card for mismanagement. Well, how would you like a rule? like happens in some other sports, that if your board is fiscally irresponsible, you not only get hit with having to make the payout, but you lose premiership points. Then see how they behave in signing up a I'm not, coach I'm, and then I'm, I'm 93 sure, days later yeah, sacking him. I'm not sure if that's fair to your supporter base. Well, it would make the boards more responsible, Kim, because the supporter base would then say, now we're sacking the board because they have been fiscally irresponsible and hurt this club. That's All a right. way to keep your board on, on very, very much on their tiptoes. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.